Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors, and I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for all types of great articles, videos, podcasts, interviews, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. I'm going to be joined by Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. Talk a little bit about the current status of the Razorback basketball and baseball teams. Going to get into some nonsense, but we do have to start with the game last night between Arkansas and Providence in the NIT. Wow. What was that? What was where, where did that come from? Arkansas gets the victory, a double-digit victory, mind you, over Providence, 84-72. to 84 points against Providence, a Providence team which has actually played some of the best defense in their conference, one of the better ones in the country. Arkansas scores 84 on them without Daniel Gafford. And not only that, folks, not only that, but if you were able actually to watch the game, Watch what the Arkansas Razorbacks were doing. It was incredible how much of a different team they looked than what we've seen all year long. The spacing was great. The passing was great. The decision-making was great. The plays they ran were great. It did not look like your typical Mike Anderson Razorback basketball team of 2018 and 2019. It looked like a completely different animal. And everyone who was sitting back who watched that game, scratching their heads, wondering, why? Where did this come from? How did this happen? Are things as bad as what we thought? Because, folks, I will fully admit that on this podcast and on my radio show, I said that Arkansas would get blitzkrieged. I thought they would get smoked by Providence. I did. And I'll admit I was wrong. And I will fully admit that I did not expect to see what I saw. I expected to see a team that was exhausted, that was tired, that didn't care, that didn't care about the game, that didn't care about the tournament. They didn't care about anything else. They just wanted the entire season to end, and then we can get on with our lives and see where people are transferring and see what happens to Mike Anderson if he loses his job. I thought that's what was going to be the mentality of this team. But again, I was wrong, and I will fully admit that. Now, There's a lot of time left as far as what could happen to this program, who might be transferring out, if there's any staff changes going on. I mean, there are a few elements. So I don't want to say that after one game in the NIT against Providence, it's changed everything. However, though, I do have to give credit where credit is due. Mike Anderson had that team ready. He had his players ready. He had them ready to play. They had them energized, had them motivated. And that's not something that's very easy to do especially in a place like the NIT where you feel like all is lost, you don't have your best player on the team, and you move on from it. That team showed up to play. Now, could this be just a shot in the pan, just a one-game thing? Absolutely it could be. In fact, I'm kind of leaning towards that. We'll have to see what happens when they play Indiana this weekend. I believe it's on Saturday. I think the game's been announced as an early game, like an 11th. 11.30 game, something like that. They haven't confirmed the time, but as soon as they do, we'll talk about it. But if Arkansas plays that way against Indiana, the same way that they played against Providence, there is no reason for me to believe that Arkansas will not be one of those teams again that can make a run in the NIT and deep in the NIT. Like Something must have happened. Something changed. And that's why I want one more game 
another game for a sample size to be able to figure out if this team has really gotten it turned around. Because that was something I did not expect at all. I, I, it was almost like it was weird watching. It was weird seeing such crisp passing and trust and chemistry. And I jokingly said on Twitter yesterday, and of course Daniel Gafford saw it and thought I was serious, but that's neither here nor there. But I had said that, hey, my Razorback basketball is better without Daniel Gafford, my column. Um, I obviously don't feel that way. But I do believe, though, that there was some sort of element of pressure that was relieved from this team when they did not have to worry about making sure that the offense ran through one particular player in Daniel Gafford. They didn't have to worry about that. It was almost like, okay, guys, listen, go out there and play basketball. Act like it's a pickup game. Just like you're going into practices or a little scrimmage. Just go out there and have fun. Defense, get after each other, make it work. I mean, that's essentially what it felt like. And that's what it sounded like. And that's what it looked like. Now, and I think that that's something that's a great job by Mike Anderson to tell his guys that. But it makes you just a little bit frustrated if you're a Razorback fan because you're sitting back and wondering why. Why now? Where was this before? Reggie Chaney's getting playing time and he's looking great. I mean, he, the guy had seven blocks last night. Why hasn't he been playing more? Ethan Henderson, I know he looked raw at times, but why hasn't he gotten more minutes? I think they only played like 28 minutes all season long before this game. Why hasn't he gotten more minutes? It just seemed like there was a lot more questions than there were answers. And so maybe those are the things that can give some Razorback fans hope for next season. Some of these guys that looked fairly well in this game. But again, it's such a small sample size. And this is where it really gets frustrating for Razorback fans. Because now you find yourself in quite a pickle. Because what if you wanted Mike Anderson gone? And what if the administration at the University of Arkansas was strongly considering making a change with Mike Anderson? But yet he's going on this run. But yet, he's got the players playing hard. They're playing hard for him. With all these rumors swirling about. About the status of him and his players. And yet, they're going out and they're playing great basketball. Uh, I mean, what do you do with this? If you're like, as a fan, you, you don't want to deal with this again, do you? It's almost like you, you, get, you get teased a little bit. And it, there's been, had just enough being done for Mike Anderson to keep his job. And again, I'm not saying that he was for sure going to get fired, but he's not going to get fired today. And he's not going to get fired tomorrow. And if they make a deep run to the NIT, set, what if they made it to the finals, made it to Madison Square Garden? Are you going to fire him then? I mean, these are the questions that are entering in Razorbacks' heads where it's like, Dad, it. I want my team to win. I want, the Ra I want to see the Razorbacks be really successful no matter the game. But... If that means it's sacrificing the chance to have a possible coaching change, which you really want, then you start kind of getting in this pickle where you don't know what to do. You don't know how to feel about the whole situation. And that happens very often in sports, and it's happening right now for Arkansas. Well, here's my advice to all of you that are feeling this way. If I can just give you a little bit of advice when it comes to what do you do, how do you handle it, well, how do you viewpoint it all. Enjoy it. Enjoy the wins, watch the games, get invested, and have fun with it. Take it for what it is. Just take it for an NIT. Take it for an NIT game against Indiana this weekend. And if they keep winning, get excited about it. Be pride, proudful, prideful of it. There we go, prideful of it. Just keep going with it. And then let the chips fall as they may after the season. But just enjoy it right now. 
I'm not saying you have to be excited about Mike Anderson in the future. I'm not saying you have to accept this as a successful season because they're winning a game or two in the NIT. I'm not saying that. But when it comes down to it, just take the individual games and the individual performances as is and just sit back and enjoy it for a little bit. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot worse things you could do with your time. There's a lot worse things that you could get upset about. But there's no doubt that this Razorback basketball team performed very well, very well against Providence. Can they do it against Indiana? I don't know. But you know what? If they do, kudos to Mike Anderson and kudos to all of them because they're getting it done and they're getting it done at a high level, at least (laughs) in the NIT. Hey, did you know you can fill out a bracket, an attorney bracket? on DraftKings this year? That's right. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney. Might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. You know how brackets work. Before tip-off and before the first game of the tournament, which is coming up tomorrow, folks, so you don't have much time to waste, just pick the winner of every game and every round. I know that the playing games have started. We don't count those. So just go there. That's all it is to it. Just go to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app, and the code is SWISH. Very simple. Code is SWISH, and you can play for free. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends to compete for bragging rights. And just download the app. You all have phones. You're probably listening to this podcast on your phone. Download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now and use code SWISH to enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code SWISH to enter in the bracket for free. Only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. We welcome in Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. Good morning, Andrew. And you're down there in Austin, right? So you were able to watch the game firsthand, right? Oh, yeah. I'm down here, made the trip, and, uh, man, they, they they put it to them last night, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So let's just start right there. I mean, Arkansas going up against Texas. Anytime these two teams face in any sport, there's always going to be a little extra energy, a little extra buzz. Arkansas took care of them last year in a convincing way. We all remember Heston Kerstad pushing their first baseman off the mound or off the base there at first base. So there was always going to be a little extra energy for this one. But Arkansas, man, they came out firing not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side. It was just a really great performance last night all around. It really was. And and honestly, the second inning kind of came out of nowhere. Um, You know, the first inning kind of flew by. Arkansas went down one, two, three. uh, Casey Martin, Heston Kirsten, and Trevor Ezell on five pitches. And so you're thinking, all right, maybe it's going to be kind of a pitcher's duel because you knew Patrick Wicklander was going to be pretty good. Uh, And sure enough, Arkansas came out and just uh, put it to him. I mean, I think Dominic Fletcher got it all started with a double and uh, you know, uh, Christian Franklin hit the hit the grand slam. There's a little bit of uh, uh, some controversy there. Whenever uh, he uh, it appeared that he might have passed Jacob Nesbitt on the base pass. That's something you hardly ever see. Uh, but it looked like it was going to be a a sack fly, honestly. And the ball just kind of kept carrying, kept carrying, kept carrying. Uh, and uh, they they ended up reviewing it. It the the call stood, so it was a grand slam, and then uh, Heston Kerstad followed it up with a 435-foot home run uh, to make it a six-run inning. So uh, it was it was really impressive to see Arkansas do that. 
Uh, you know, there there was a little bit of worry there when they gave up four runs in the fourth inning, but that was really all Texas could manage. You know, Cole Ramage came in and retired all nine batters he faced, uh, and so Arkansas got the got the eleven to four win. And uh, I, I was shocked. I mean, I kind of figured this might be a series that uh, Arkansas might uh, have a little bit of trouble with. You know, before the season actually started, I I picked Texas to win both of these games and. Uh, obviously, that shows you what I know, uh, but uh, they they get, they got it done, and, and they'll see if they can they can complete the sweep today. Well, Arkansas is sitting at eighteen and two, so they're twenty games in, and we knew that this team lost a lot from last year, but we also know that it's a Dave Van Horn team, so you can never rule them out. But just through the first twenty games of the season, is this about as good as you expected Arkansas to be? Are they better? Or I mean, what's your overall thought just so far, twenty games in? Yeah, they're they're better than I expected. I think they're two or three games ahead of where I had them picked at this point of the season. Uh, so they're, they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to have a few struggles because they did lose a lot of production from last year's team, both offensively and on the mound. Uh, so they, they've done really well. You know, They don't exactly have the same kind of offense that they had last year. You're not sitting back waiting for the home run, but they find ways to score. They, they scratch runs across. Obviously, they had the Grand Slam and the Monster Home Run by Kerstad last night. So if you look back at the Missouri series, I think they scored nine total runs across the three games. And a lot of those were, you know, they scored on errors. They scored on sack flies. They, they scored on squeeze bunts, uh, things like that. So they're, they're finding ways to score enough runs. And the pitching staff has been phenomenal. Uh, I, think they've, uh, I think they're like second in the country in terms of strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, top five and strikeout to walk ratio, uh, top twenty in ERA. So they are, they have been pitching really really well. Uh, obviously, it's still a little bit early. Uh, you know, Missouri is not exactly uh, a pick to do much in the SEC East. And you know, Alabama this weekend I think is picked last in the SEC West. So Arkansas has got a really good chance to get off to a really good start in the SEC. Uh, but you know what they did last night to a Texas team, a top ten in the country, was. Uh, really impressive. So I think they're they're a little bit ahead of where I thought they were going to be, and it's and it's mostly because you got guys at the bottom of the lineup uh, producing as well. In, in addition to the pitching, you know, Christian Franklin was a guy that no one really thought was going to do much except for play really good defense and and be really fast on the bases. But he's he's hit three home runs, has a bunch of RBIs. I think he's now at uh, I guess twenty three RBIs, something like that. That no one saw that coming, and and he's been phenomenal out of the nine hole speak with andrew hutchinson of hogbeat.com right now on the morning rush andrew let's switch it up to the basketball side of things we all knew daniel gafford was not going to play in the nit arkansas heading up to providence last night i honestly thought that arkansas was going to get beat beat handedly just because of the way the season ended and anytime you lose your best player it's always a bad thing but arkansas was quite the opposite looked very good in their performance against providence that really led the entire game, never was in danger of relinquishing that lead. And so when you were able to watch that game, was it as surprising to you as it was to me just to see how well Arkansas played? It seemed like it was a different team. Yeah. we. Uh, I was actually sitting up in the press box at the, the baseball game last night with uh, Tom Murphy uh, of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and we were kind of like pulling up the game, and we were like, oh, Arkansas is up by 13. And then we'd be like, well, let's see how they, you know, Let's see how they blow that lead. And we'd check back, and it would still be a double-digit lead. And we'd check back a little bit later, and it was still a double-digit lead. And we're like, oh, my gosh, they're actually going to win this game without Daniel Gafford. Uh, it was it was incredible. 
Uh, you know, Ethan Henderson got a lot of playing time. I think he played like 18 minutes, probably more than he's ever played uh, this season. And Gabo Savoyan looks like he had a, a really solid game. And it, it was just really surprising to see Arkansas go up there and do that to Providence. Because like you, I, I think, well, honestly, I think everyone thought Arkansas was going to lose uh, whenever they saw the news that Daniel Gafford was not going to play. So uh, for them to go up there and do that, that was that was impressive. And I'm going to be anxious to see how they perform you know, in a rematch against Indiana, you know, on the road. that I think that's going to be a really tough matchup for them. But for them to get to the second round of the NIT without Daniel Gafford was uh, surprising, to say the least. And I know it's always tough to really answer a question like this, but that's been the discussion this morning, at least here on this show. Without Daniel Gafford, was Arkansas was that the reason Arkansas played so well is just because they didn't have Daniel Gafford? Not necessarily to say that he's not the better player, and it always helps when you have a really good NBA player, or at least an NBA caliber player on your team. But it just seemed like maybe the pressure was off. They they were able to free flow a little bit, maybe more comfortable. They just seemed like they were just having fun going out there and playing basketball. And I don't know if that's a direct correlation of Daniel Gafford not being there or not. Yeah, it might have been one of those deals where you know when Daniel Gafford announced that he wasn't you know going to play and everyone expected them to lose. You can go in there and play loose. You 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 don't have the pressure. I mean, if if everyone's expecting you to lose, it's almost like the uh, the Kentucky game. Uh, near the end of the regular season when they went down there, everyone thought they were going to get blown out by 30, and they ended up leading for most of the game and having, like I think, a 15-point lead, and obviously they ended up losing that game. Uh, but they played loose, and they played like, hey, no one's expecting us to win, so why not? Uh, and I guess that's what they did last night. A lot of young guys, you know, they're, they're capable of doing that. I mean, it's a young team, and everyone hates hearing that, but when you've got so many young guys on the team like that, you're going to have up-and-down performances. You're going to have days where they look not so good at all, like the, the Florida game and the SEC tournament, and then they're going to have games like last night where they look dominant. And you're like, man, why haven't they played like that all year? And they'd be playing in March Madness. But uh, that's just kind of what you get whenever you have so many young guys like that. And I honestly think that's probably what it was. They, they went in there loose, nothing to lose, and uh, got the job done. Another thing about it right now is that fans are in limbo when it comes to their viewpoint of Mike Anderson. A lot of people, I'm sure you've heard from them on your message boards there at Hogbeat, of people wanting a change, wanting him gone. There was a, a lot of quiet nature to the situation over the past few days. But what do you make of the current situation, the current status of Mike Anderson as the Razorback basketball coach? And how do you think this is going to play out over the next few days for this program in general? Well, my my thought is, you know, because I'm sure, like you, I'm I'm hearing, you know, everything I've heard people say. Oh, he's gone for sure. I've heard people say, oh, he's coming back for sure. It's, it's one of those things where everyone has sources. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, in my opinion, they they probably wouldn't have accepted an NIT bid if they were planning on getting rid of him. Uh, that seems to be kind of what happens is you would make a change after the SEC tournament, after that showing against Florida if you were going to make a change and then turn down an NIT bid. But they accepted it, and now they've gone and uh, did what they did against Providence without Daniel Gafford. It's like pretty much the team you're going to have next year kind of gave a glimpse of the future. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be coming back for another year. It's going to be a critical year for him. Uh, I think the, the pressure is definitely going to be on. He's going to be on the hot seat and going to need to, to have a really successful regular season and then maybe have some success in the postseason. Uh, and I think a lot of that's going to hinge on, on who they end up bringing in recruiting-wise uh, to replace Daniel Gafford. Obviously, we saw a little bit of Ethan Henderson, what he can do last night. Uh, 
but you probably still need to bring in a, another big guy uh, on the recruiting trail, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But it, I, I think he's going to be back. You know, just based on you know how they accepted the NIT bid and then what they did last night. I mean, it, it could have changed if they went and laid an egg and lost by double digits. But you know, it's, it's going to be hard to get rid of a guy after he he went on the road and and did that. Uh, you know, without Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, man. I just don't see how it's really going to make any changes as of right now. And I've felt like still though that he's going to be back for at least next season. But if they keep advancing into the NIT, I know it's not going to get anybody excited, but it'd be really hard to make any major changes there if he keeps on advancing. So, yeah, the next few days, next couple of weeks are going to be interesting on the Razorback basketball side of things. That's Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. You can follow him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. Have fun down there in Austin, Hutch, but not too much fun. And enjoy the game tonight, man. And hopefully we'll catch up with you later down the road. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.